All right, we're going to start on the top of Zayin Amud Aleph. Am Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Yosi Minayin Shakarish Baruch Hu Mitpalel. How do we know that Hashem davens? Shinemar Vaviyotim Al Harkochi. I will bring them to my holy mountain. Visimachtim Beveit Filati, and they will rejoice in the house of my prayer. Filatam Lo Neamar. It's not called the Beit Filatam, the house of their prayers, but rather Elat Filati, the house of my prayers. Mikan Shakarish Baruch Hu Mitpalel. From here, you see that Hashem davened my matzli. Well, if Hashem davens, then what does He say? What does He daven? Same question that we had before with regards to if Hashem wears tefillin. What is found in the parshiot of Hashem's tefillin? So, so to over here, if Hashem davens, what is it that Hashem says when He prays? Hashem says that it, it should be my will that my mercy should capture, overcome my anger. And my rachamim, my mercy should roll over or exceed all my other characteristics. And therefore I will interact with my children mercifully. And therefore I will act with them not on the letter of the law, not as they deserve. Tanya, I'm Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha. This is made famous because it was turned into a song. That one time I went into the Kodesh HaKodoshim, talking about a Kohen Gadol, Timakriv the Ketoret, Vereiti, and I saw, and we'll say, Akachri Kel, Ka, Hashem Tzvakot, Kodesh Baruch Hu, this is an unusual formulation of the name of Hashem, Kachri Kel, Shehu Yosheva Kisei Ram Venisai, he was sitting on the Grand Throne, Vamarli Ishmael Beni, Barcheni, says to me, my son Ishmael, give me a Baruch Amarti Lo, so I said the bracha here that it should be your will Hashem that your mercy should overcome your anger and your mercy should exceed all the other characteristics and you act mercifully with your children and you should not act with them accordance with the letter of the law but have mercy and then he nodded Towards me, as Rashi says, the equivalent of saying Amen. Shem acquiesced, acknowledged the bracha that I had given him. What do we learn from this? Even the bracha of a simpleton, of a layperson, should not be light in your eyes. Because here, Akash Baruch was accepting a bracha from the Kohen Gadol, from Ishmael. So if you see if a Kodesh Baruch sex a brocha from a human being, then we should be willing to accept a brocha or not demean a brocha from any person. So as far as what's transpiring over here, it's very difficult, Gemara, because first of all, what does it mean that Hashem prays? Even the fact that we pray is somewhat difficult theologically. To say that Hashem prays is much more difficult, because basically whatever Hashem wills is. So what does it mean that Hashem is davening that something should take place? Hashem doesn't need to daven. Whatever he wants will happen. So it's very difficult to say that Hashem prays. Usually what we say is that this is really a transference or the psychological phenomenon of projection, which is Hashem is really projecting. He's saying the tefillah, not that he is actually praying this, but he's indicating to us that that's what we should be praying. That's what we should be saying. And through his saying that is a tefillah, he indicates to us how we should try to interact with him or how what we should request of him, or Hashem is giving us some sort of indication of what he'd like to do. 
or how he'd like to act, but it's really dependent on us. And therefore, if we grant him that ability, he'll be more than happy to act in this manner. And that's probably how you have to explain this Gemara because of the theological difficulty with Hashem praying. We have another memra from So how do we know that we do not appease or comfort an individual when they are in the midst of their anger? Shem says to Moshe Rabbeinu when it comes to the Chet Egel, first, wait for my face here to pass, what means wait for my anger to pass, and then I will give you a break, in a sense. I will allow you an opening. Wait till my face of anger passes. And then I will allow you to speak or allow you to intercede. Is God ever really get angry? In? That is the case. We have a bright that God gets angry every day. Become a Zamo. How long does he get angry for each day? Rega. For a moment. Become a Rega. Much is a moment. Echad mechameshet ribo vishmonet alafim ushmonu meot vishmonim ushmonet. out of an hour. There's a question of the gear says whether it's chameshet ribo or whether it's shmonat ribo. Whether it's 50,000 or 80,000. Some sense of 80,000 would make sense. The gear that we have in front of us is 58,000. 888. So it's 158,888 of an hour, which roughly comes out to between 115th and 116th of a second. And that's the definition of a rega. Nobody can get that exact moment. Except for Bilam, and that was the Gadlut, the greatness of Bilam Rasha. He knows the ways of God, the knowledge of that which takes place above. Gemara says this in Perakachelek, as well in other places. He didn't even know what his animal was thinking. In the case where he's riding the donkey, and the donkey keeps moving away because it's facing the malach, who's holding the sword, and he doesn't understand why his donkey is moving in that direction, and he's hitting it. So if he doesn't understand what his animal's thinking, how would he know what's going up above? He had no knowledge of what's going up above in the heavens. Rather, about this particular issue, he knew how to coordinate with this exact moment when God gets angry. And that's what the Navi says to B'nai Israel. How lucky are you? Remember what Balak Melech Moab had planned to do to you. And then V'chule talks about V'bil'am, Hisachard, V'lam ben Ba'or. He hires Ben Balaam to carry it out. And the end of the Pasuk is the mandat, it's called Hashem. So you should remember the kindness of Hashem that he protected you from Balak and Bil'am. She know how much goodness, kindness I did to you. I never got angry during that time period of Bil'am Rasha when he was trying to curse you. Because had he been successful at coordinating the moment when Hashem gets angry and putting the curse into effect at that time, there would be, here it's Lashon Saginor, again a euphemism, there would not be a single remnant of Klal How come he's unsuccessful at cursing B'nai Israel? That which I want to curse, Hashem does not curse. 
That which I want to incite anger against, Hashem is not angry with. So we see from all that time period, Hashem did not get angry during those days. How long is his anger? Rega, for a moment. Rega. What's the definition of rega? Again, similar to the question we'd asked before. Rega is like the way that you pronounce it. When you say the word rega, that takes up a moment. That's the duration of a rega. How do we know that a Kosh Baruch gets angry for a moment? Shenemar ki rega be'apo. Shem is angry momentarily. Chayim birtsono. But everlasting is his goodwill. Bibay teimo me'ocho. Some say from the Pasuk in Yeshayahu that says chavi kimat rega should hide for a moment or almost a moment ad yavor za'am until the anger of Hashem passes. Tosafot points out over here if a rega is such a short duration what exactly was it that Bilam was going to say during that short duration that would have been a curse and be successful? Tosafot gives two answers. One of them is kalem. He would have said annihilate them and that he would have been able to say in that moment that rega or the other possibility Tosafot suggests uh, if he starts the klala at that moment he can continue to say it afterwards but as long as he coordinates the start of the curse at that moment that'll be enough to have it work. So the Gemara says Emat Ratach when is this anger that Hashem has for a rega each day when does it happen? The first three hours of the day when the crown or the comb of the rooster turns white, and he's standing on one foot. Throughout the day, there are numerous occasions when the rooster looks like this. Throughout the rest of the day, there are red streaks in the comb or the crown. At that moment, it's completely white. There was a tztuki living in the neighborhood of Rabbi Shubin Levi. He was giving him a very hard time dealing with questions in Psukim and so on and so forth. So One day he took a rooster and placed it between the feet of his bed. And he watched it carefully. When that moment comes, I'm going to curse him. When that moment came, he dozed off. I must conclude from this. This is not the proper way to act. This is not a proper utilization of the anger of Hashem or punishment from Hashem. Because Hashem has mercy on all of His creation. In addition that it says, Even punishment of the Rasha is not good for the Tzaddik as well. Even though the Tzaddik himself is not getting punished, when others are punished, that is bad for the Tzaddik. Tana Mishmei the Rabbi Meir Bishasha Hamazorachat Homachem Zrachmarab Minichim Kitrembiroshem when the sun rises and all of the kings of the east and the west place their crowns on their heads, Umishtachavim Lachaman, they bow down to the sun, Miyad Koesa Korzbrochu. That's the moment when Hashem gets angry. Now what's interesting over here in the quote of the Pasu, Gamanoshla Tzadik Lotov, the punishment of the Rasha is also bad for the Tzadik. Chaim Shalevitz in Sihut Musar discusses this issue with regards to Navot Akarmeli. We know that Navot was killed out by Ahav in order to procure the vineyard for his wife Izevel. He was wrongly killed. He was framed. He was set up. He was almost a victim of the whole situation. And yet, Rabbi Chaim Shulevet says that the Gemara says that Navot Akameli may not enter into the Mechitza of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
because someone was punished because of him. Akav lost out and was punished severely because of Navota Karmeli. Because you are the cause for someone else to be punished, you yourself lo- lose out. And that's the same concept over here. Gamanosh Litzadik Lotov. Over here, when the Rasha gets punished because of you, if you are the cause of that punishment, that's also bad for that individual. Because it indicates some sort of chisaron individual who does cause something negative to happen to another individual. Tosafot mentions over here, when it says lava orach aro, when it's not the normal way to act, we're referencing the fact that he's using some sort of heavenly punishment to come down upon the individual. That does not necessarily preclude the ability to deal with it, be de adam. And there Tosafot discusses what, what exactly was the status of this individual, according to the Gears of Argamar that he's a stuki. The Gemara in other places says that you're allowed to morid, you're allowed to kill a tztuki, hands-on. Whereas if the Girsu and the Gemara was not tztuki, but rather was in Oved Avodah Zarah or Oved Kochavim, then there's no permission to kill him actively. And therefore, Lava Archara over here could also refer to the active killing or getting involved in the killing of such an individual, whether it is heavenly or on earth. So Amr Rabbi Yochanan Mishim Rabbi Yossi, another Memra, Tova Mardut Echad Belibo Adam. Better is one incident or act of self-reproach within the heart of an individual, more than many lashes. Shnemar Viridfa Et Mehaveha. This is in the beginning of Hosea, the Mashal, discussed the meaning of Hosea about a Zona who leaves her original husband and then goes around with many others. And eventually when Vahule, when she figures out that nobody else takes care of her, she realizes that she had it much better when she was with her original husband. And therefore she says, let me return to my original husband. Back then I was much better off than I am now. The Nimshah is obviously in Israel who were leaving a Baruch to worship by Zarah, that they will come around and return to a Baruch to realize that things are better when they are with a Kodesh Baruch The realization of the individual who reaches that conclusion, that's worth more than being whipped into shape. It's much better for the person to come to it by themselves and to reach those conclusions without having to have some sort of external force be placed on them. Better than even a hundred lashes. Better or places the gi'ara the reproach of a mevin, one who understands, one who is aware to chastise them, is better, better than the fool gets whipped a hundred times. So again, this idea of self-reproachment being much better than some sort of external force. Again, another memra. Moshe had three requests from Hashem, and he was granted all three of them. He requested that Hashem should return his Shekhinah to Israel even after Chet Egel, And Hashem acquiesced this. How will we know that we're forgiven? We'll only know we're forgiven if you don't send your Malach with us, but rather you come personally with us. And Hashem in the end agrees to come with B'nai Yisrael. He also requested that Hashem's presence should not be with any of the other nations except for B'nai Yisrael. And he was granted that as well. That there will be some sort of distinction drawn between Klal Yisrael and everyone else. What's that distinction? That the Hashrat Shekhinah is only with Klal Yisrael. He requested Hashem to show him his ways. And he acquiesced. 
was bothering Moshe. He wants to know how come there's sometimes a tzaddik v'tovlo and things go well for him. Sometimes there's a tzaddik, someone is righteous, and yet things are not going well. Things are bad for him. Sometimes there's an evil individual, and yet things are good for him. And sometimes there's an evil individual, and things are bad for him. So hello, Moshe. Hashem responds to Moshe and says, I'll explain you the difference. Tzaddik v'tovlo is tzaddik ben tzaddik. When it's a tzaddik and things go well for him, that is when he is a tzaddik and his forefathers were tzaddikim. Tzaddik v'ralo. What's the case where it's a tzaddik and things don't go well for him? Tzaddik ben Rasha. His forefathers were not of the best ilk, yet he is a tzaddik. Rasha v'tovlo is a case Rasha ben tzaddik. Individual is evil, but his forefathers were righteous. Rasha v'ralo, in a case that Rasha and bad things happen to him, Rasha ben Rasha. So now the Gemara goes back to discuss this answer. To the age-old question of Tzadik Viralo, Amar Mar, Tzadik Vitovlo, Tzadik Ben Tzadik, Tzadik Viralo, Tzadik Ben Rasha, Ini, does that really work? Vaktiv, Keid Avona Vot Al Banim, that Hashem places the sins of the fathers on the children. Uchtiv, but we have another puzzle that says, Uvanim lo yumtu alavot, that children will not die for the iniquities of their parents. Braminan cry, Ahadodi, we noted that these psukim are contradictory. Umishanina, and we reconcile them by saying, Lokasho, that's not a question. That is, if they follow in the ways of their forefathers. The other option is where they do not follow the ways of their forefathers. So now, what is the solution to the problem of Tzadik Vitovlo? That's a Tzadik Gamur. That's someone who is really righteous. Tzadik Viralo is a case with Tzadik Shenu Gamur. He's a tzaddik, but he has flaws. He's not perfect. Rasha betovlo is a rasha sheinu gamur. A rasha that things are going well for him is someone that's not a complete rasha. Rasha viralo, a rasha that has bad things happen to him, is rasha gamur, full-fledged rasha. Pliga the Rabbi Meir. This member that we just brought down disagrees with Rabbi Meir's position. Rabbi Meir, shtaim nat nulo, v'chat no nat nulo. Hashem granted him two of his requests and rejected the last request, meaning that he granted him the request with regards to the Shekhinah being present with B'nai Israel and the fact that the Shekhinah will not be with the other nations. What he did not grant him was, Let me know your ways. That I will please or find favor with whomever I choose, even if they're not worthy. And I'll have mercy on who I choose to have mercy, even if he's not worthy. Meaning that Hashem is unwilling to explain to Moshe why such thing happens, because it's Hashem's will, and that's it. So now the Gemara continues to dash in those psukim that are found in Pashat, Kitisa, with regards to Egel. It says, Hashem says to Moshe, you will not be able to look into my face. When I wanted you to deal with me, you refused. That's backed by the Sneh. Moshe at the Sneh is refusing to take on the mission of a Kodesh Baruch Hu and to see his ways. Now you want to know my ways? I'm no mood to do that right now. And that obviously is a rejection of that third request of Moshe to Odeni and that argues on this memra. Because of the three things that Moshe did, he was granted or merited three other things as a reward. Yes, there. Moshe hides his face. When he comes to the snet and he realizes that the presence of Hashem is there, he hides his face. Because of that, 
to the His face was radiating. Why did he hide his face? Because he was scared. He was fearful. Because he was fearful, that others had that same fear of Moshe Rabbeinu later on in life. And he was afraid to look. That he was able to see the full image of Hashem. Now, the Gemara continues to dash in those Psukim and Kitisa. It says, That I will take away my hands and you will see from behind me. So, Amrav Khan, Rabbi Bizna, Rabbi Shimon Chasida. This relates to the Gemara we did in yesterday's Da, which Melamed Sheira, Kodesh Baruch Moshe, Kesher Shel Tfilin. That Moshe saw the Kesher of the Tfilin in the back of his head, because he's only seeing the back of Hashem, not the front of Hashem. And this is similar to what we saw in the Gemara yesterday, that Kodesh Baruch wears Tfilin. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Mishim Rabbi Yoshi, called Dibur, Vidibur, Shiatzami, Pea, Kodesh Baruch Hu, Litova. Any utterance that comes out of Hashem for good, Afilu Al Tanai, even if it's conditional, Lochazarbo, Hashem never retracts it. So if it's said, it's as if it's done. Minolon. But where do we know that that's true? Mi Moshe Rabbeinu Shenemar Heref Mimeni Vashmideim. Says that you should leave me alone. Vashmideim. And I will destroy Bnei Israel. And I will make you into a great nation. Even though Moshe rejects that offer and says, I'm not willing to give up Bnei Israel in order that I should be a great nation. So even though Moshe Rechmala Milta Uvitla and it was nullified, Afiluhachi Ukma Bizare, nevertheless the brocha or the words that were uttered by Hashem Latova about Moshe Rabbeinu's family, offspring, that did happen, Shinamar, Bene Moshe Gershom Veliezer, Veyu Bene Eliezer Rechavya Harosh, Ubene Rechavya Rabu Lamalo, they became multitudes, they became huge. Betani Rav Yosef Lamala Mishishim Rubo, they reached over six hundred thousand people. Atio Ribia Ribia as a Xerishova here of the word Rabu. Dev Hacha Rabu Lamalo. Over here by Rechavia it says his family grew exponentially. Tivatam and it says by Benesel and Shmot, Benesel Paru, Vayisritu, Vayirbu, Mimaud Maud. So there you see the word Ribui is also used with regards to multitudes of offspring. The fact that that's used by the children of Moshe is an indication of the fact that that bracha that Hashem, or the good words that Hashem had offered him, came true despite the fact that the deal was off. Right, that is correct. It's only by good things that Hashem does never retracts, but by bad things there's a chance for tshuva that you know from the story of Ninveh. When Yonah comes to Ninveh, he says, Oh, Ninveh the Ninveh is going to be destroyed. And yet, that gzeiro was changed because of the tshuva of the people of Ninveh. Terminology Adon to describe Hashem as a master was not utilized by anyone except Avram Avinu. He was the first one to present it. And how do we know that he did that? He says to Hashem, How will I know that I'll inherit the land? When Hashem is promising that he will inherit the land, says, How will I know I'll inherit the land? And when it says Vayomer Hashem Elokim, the Hashem there is spelled Aleph Dalit and Nun Yud, not Yud Kei Vav Kei. So that's the word terminology that Moshe Avram is using to describe Hashem as an Adon, as a master. Rav Av Daniel Avraham. Even Daniel's Tefillah is only accepted by Hashem or founded to by Hashem because of Avraham. Shneimar Batash Ma Elokeinu El Tefillat Avdecha VeEl Tachanunav. It should be written in the second person. Why is it being written in the third person? 
So he's using that terminology to mimic the description that Avram Avinu used in order to invoke the schut of Abraham over here to save B'nai Israel. And that's why it says, You should hear the prayers of your servant, my supplications. Your face should return or light up about your temple. Hashemim, that is joy, Laman. And for, again, it's for Hashem, that it won't be a Hilul Hashem anymore if it's rebuilt. What's spelled here is used in a third person instead of second person. And that's only done to indicate to us that we're referencing Avram Avinu. So Safot over here asks, how is it that the Gemara is bringing the Pasuk to show that Avraham crowned Hashem as the Adon, as the Master? The Pasuk they bring is from Brit bin Abtarim. Only a couple of psukim before that, when Hashem speaks to Avraham, you have a pasuk that says, Vayomer Avram, Hashem Elukim, spelled Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, Matitain Lib, and Nochi Olech Hariu, Ben Meshek Beiti, Ud Meshek Eliezer. So you have a similar pasuk or structure of Hashem Elukim spelled as Aleph Dalad Nun Yud. And yet the Gemara quote the latter and not the earlier instance of this. The Tosfot over here mentions something that is a fundamental machloket between the Rishonim about the order of the Torah. Tosafot says, Ein mukdamu muhar Torah. The Torah is not necessarily chronologically ordered. And even though the Brit Ben Avtarim is found over here, truthfully, Brit Ben Avtarim took place a number of years prior. And therefore, the Gemara quotes the Pasuk from Brit Ben Avtarim, even though it's found later in the Psukim, as far as the narration that is found by Avraham. Because Brit Ben Avtarim preceded the promise that is given to Avraham after he defeats the four kings. Again, another Memra. Exactly the same thing that we said on the previous Amud. How do we know that you shouldn't appease or comfort an individual while he's in the midst of his anger? From the Pesuk that Akash Baruch tells Moshe to back off a little bit until the anger has subsided and then he'll discuss it with Moshe. So Amar Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Shim Bayochai Yom Shabar Akash Baruch Hu Tomo Lo Yadam Shodel Akash Baruch Hu the idea of saying thanks was introduced by Leah. Until that point in time, nobody ever thought to give thanks to Hashem. When Yehuda is born, there she says, At this time, I'm going to give thanks to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. I'm going to admit and give thanks to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And that was when she hit her fourth child, because then she knew that she had exceeded her allotment of children from Yaakov Avinu. Because there were supposed to be 12 tribes. The Yudbet Shvatim... Well, to be divided amongst four wives, I mean, each wife has three children. And so the fact that she's already had four children indicates that she's already beyond her allocation. Ruvain, what is the meaning? Once we were jumping in to discuss what the meaning of the word Yehuda means, so now the Gemara says, what's the meaning of the word Ruvain? It's a conjugation of Ru ben. See the difference between my child and the child of my mother-in-law. Even though Esav sold the Bechorah willingly, sold it willingly and without any duress or trick. And yet, what is written about him? That he hated Yaakov. The reason it's called Yaakov is because he cheated me twice. So here he is, both denigrating and blaming Yaakov for his troubles. When it comes to my son, Ruvain, even though it was against his will, he was an unwilling participant in terms of Yosef taking the Bechorah 
away from him. It says that Ruvain lost the Bechora to Yosef because of the incident with Pilegesh Aviv, the incident with a changing of the, the tents in which the beds are found. According to the Midrash Chazal, and according to the Pashtut of the Chumash, is that he had some sort of illicit relationship with the Pilegesh. And despite that fact, he wasn't jealous of Yosef. The brothers throw Yosef into the pit. Reuven comes to his defense to take care of him, to help him out. So you see that Reuven did not hold a grudge against Yosef. Ruth? What's the meaning of Ruth? My Ruth? So Rabbi Yochanan says, You were Zocha that came out of you, David HaMelech. She revealed that he fills Hashem with praises and song. And reveal in other places in the Gemara is also used to mean drunk, but it really means to fill and to intoxicate with. She wrote in Tishbuchot, Minolon Gorim. How do we know that a person's name has impact on their character traits and their personality? So, Amarabi Elazar, Tamakra, the Chu Chazumi Falot Hashem, go see the works of Hashem, Hashem Shamot Ba'aretz, that he makes desolation over the land. Do not read shamot meaning desolation, but rather shamot. That he placed the names among the land. So you see that the word the shamot so referring to the fact that shmagorim that these names have impact on the individual's actions in this world. What was particular to these names? Well, I'm assuming Ruvain was picked because they dash in Yehuda that related to Leah. Leah also named Ruvain, so I can I could see that as being a continuum. In terms of Ruth, I'm not sure why the Gemara jumped to Ruth. Rashi says it's just because they were dealing with Perusha Shemot, they dealt with Ruth as well. I'm not sure that there's any connection, except if you say that David is a descendant of Yehuda, mm-hmm. that Hashem's interaction with the individuals is based on their name. Right? The two might be correlated, because Hashem acts towards man in the manner that he acts. So if Shema Gorim, if the name causes the individual to act or have certain character traits, then Hashem will also reflect those character traits towards the individual, because the person is deserving of those Character traits from Hashem, because that's how he acts. A bad apple in the house is worse than the battles that will be in the battles of Gog and Magog. This is the Tehilim about when David had to run away from the rebellion of his son of Shalom. It says right after that, Hashem Rabim Kamim Alai. So he describes his pain. Hashem, how great is my pain here? So many people have rebelled against me. When it comes to that, Why should the nations gather together? And nations, yeah, they will talk idly. Never gets as far as to say, how great is my pain? Or how great is my difficulty, my anguish? So you see that David gives a much stronger terminology or term that is used with regards to the rebellion of Shalom, his son, against him versus the terminology or the fear that he uses with regards to the milchemet gogumagog that he davo. says, Mizmor David, how come it starts out as a song? Bibarchom Ibn Shalom Bino, Mizmor David, Kinal David Mibai. 
What do you mean a song? It should be a kina, a lamentation. This is no exciting moment. This is no positive moment. So why is it using the terminology mizmor instead of kina? I'm a Rabbi Shimon ben Avishalom, which is interesting because this member refers to Avshalom. Tosfa points out in other places, based on the Gemara in Tubot, as well as Yoma, that we do not name after people who are bad, quote-unquote. So over here, to name after Abshalom would be incorrect. And that's why the Girsu is Amr Rabbi Shimon ben Avishalom. Mashal l'ma dvar domeh, l'adam sh'yatza alav sh'tarchov, kodem sh'pir'o hayatzuv. Person, there's some sort of debt document that indicates that he owes money. Before he's paid it off, he's upset. Achar sh'pir'o, after he's paid it off, samach, then he's very happy. Avkan, David, kevin sh'amar lo ha-kodesh baruchu, hinini mekim alecho ra'ami beitecha, hayatzuv. Here is that as a punishment for the Chet of Batsheva, the rebellion will take place from within his house. He was upset. So maybe it was some sort of person low down on the totem pole who will lead the rebellion against me. And that would be even more upsetting. More upsetting than the actual rebellion is the fact that the rebellion is being led by people not of high standing or character. Kevin the Chazad of Shalomo, as soon as he saw that it was his own child, then Samach Mishum Achiamar Mizmor. Then he was happy, and that's why he used the terminology Mizmor. And the Gemara talks about a similar idea when it comes to the destruction of the Beit Hamikdash. But over there again, the terminology of Mizmor or positive terminology is used to introduce that Perak Delim dealing with the destruction. And again, that's because, as the Medrash Shochertov Antilim says, because we praise Hashem that He took out His anger on the bricks and stones of the Mikdash, and not on us. And so even though the destruction of the Mikdash is something awful, there's still a certain positive aspect about it that Hashem took His anger out on that, and not on us. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan Mishim, Rabbi Shimon Yochai, another memorial from him. Mutar garot below Okay, to bother or poke fun of Rishayim in this world. Shinemar. Ozvei Torah. Those that leave the Torah, the Rishayim, will praise them. And those that are watchful over Torah, that keep the Torah, they will reject them, scream at them, poke fun at them. We have a bright like this. And if someone whispers you to try to tell you, don't do this, Faktiv, the Pasuk says, Al titchar bamireim, al tikane beoseavla. Do not contend, quarrel with, with those that are evil. Al tikane beoseavla, and do not be jealous of those that do that which is wrong. Amarlo misha libo nokfu, Omer Kane, that that's somebody who has got some sort of guilt pangs, that's what they say. Ela al titchar bimreim liot kimireim. Do not compete with these bad people. To be like them. Do not try to emulate them or compete to be better than them. Do not be jealous of those that do that which is wrong in order that you should do better at it. Should not be jealous of those sinners, but rather your focus should be on Yirat Hashem. Is that really true? You see, you have a rasha who things are really going well, his mazel is good. Then, don't start out with him, don't instigate him. His ways will prosper at all times. And he will also be in the din. 
adjudication or judgment, to save him or to take him away, release him from that, the one who is opposite him. He sees the difficulties of his enemies. All those that trouble him, bother him, he'll blow them away. The distinction that we need to make here is between mundane matters and Mile Dishmaya, things that deal with Akkadish Baruch Hu. So when it comes to Mile Didei, when it comes to mundane matters, that's where you shouldn't get involved. That's where you shouldn't poke fun at or instigate the Rasha. On the other hand, Bimile Dishmaya, when it comes to Torah and Mitzvot, in that area, you should be more willing to be Mitgarebam. That both of these statements are made about the words of heaven. Lokash depends on what type of rasha we're talking about. Talking about a rasha who Mazel is going well and the time is good for him, then don't get involved. Don't start up with him. On the other hand, who doesn't things aren't going so well for him, then don't worry about it. You can instigate him. Both of them are talking about books. We're talking about a case where things are going well for the rasha. Depends who the one who is instigating and demeaning over here. Is it a tzaddik amur who is protected and he doesn't have to worry about any retribution? Or we're talking about a tzaddik she'enu gamur, not a complete tzaddik where you should not instigate the rasha because the outcome could be bad. Lama tabit bugdim tacharish bebala rasha tzaddik vimenu. Lama tabit bugdim. Why should those rebellious ones watch? Tacharish and be silent. When a rasha swallows the tzaddik, does a rasha really swallow or take over the tzaddik? Hashem will not leave him in his hands. That the tzaddik will know no problems. If the person is simply more righteous than he, mean more righteous than the rasha, then he can take him on, he can eat him up. Tzaddik Gamur, Inobaleh. When it comes to the full fledged Tzaddik, the Rasha has no power over him. When things are going well for him, then that's different. Just don't get involved. Don't stick your head in the way when things are going well for him. It doesn't matter what you are, and it doesn't matter what's going on with him. Again, another Memra. Something that we saw in yesterday's Dav. There we said, okay, Avram Bezro. Over here we say, Oivav no Flim Tachtav. His enemies fall under him. The Masorot Shas brings a alternative girsa of Gavei Makom Torato and not Filato. That would obviously be different than than what we saw in yesterday's Gemara. It also would make a lot of sense when we're talking about Rabbi Shimba Yochai, who puts emphasis on Torah over Tfilah. So that girsa would make a lot of sense. So how do we know that's true? Shneamar v'samti Makom Lami Yisrael nitativ shachein tachtav v'lo yegaz od v'lo yosifu bnei avla la'anuto kasher barishona. So I will place, I will make a place for my nation Israel, and I will plant them there, and they will, they will live under it, and there will be no longer any anger or fear or trembling, and they will no longer be afflicted by these bad people, like it was in the olden days. The Girsa should be here, it's the same puzzle that's written in. Shmuel, as as well as in Divrei Yamim, one place it says Lanoto to afflict him, and one place it says Levaloto to wear him down. Tchila Lanoto in the beginning is just to afflict him. The sof the Chaloto is to wipe him out, or the Valoto to consume him.
Another memra, Gdula Shimusha Torah Yoter Muda. The service of Talmidi Chachamim, the doing, acting of Torah is much greater than Milimuda learning it. Shenemar Ho Elisha Ben Shafat. Here is Elisha Ben Shafat, the Sheyatzak Maime Delio, that poured water along with Elio. Lamad Lo Nemar. It doesn't say that he learned from Elio. Eliyatzak, he acted with him. He did something actively. From that we see that the service of Tamidei Chachamim, the service of Torah, is more important than its learning. Because the whole purpose of learning is honored to act and to be able to utilize that learning in a positive manner. So therefore, Shimusha far exceeds the benefits of Limuda. Okay, we'll stop over here.